So everybody who's disappointed right now that Cody didn't walk up on the stage, raise your hand. <laughs> Sandra! <laughs> no, my name is uh, Alan Easterwood, and I'm, I'm an elder here at the church. It's such a privilege to me to, um, to be serving here alongside um, everybody that I get to serve with. And uh, I love all of you guys. Every time we get an opportunity to speak, um, elders, pastors, whatever, I, we want to look at you, and I want to look at you and tell you that I love you. And I'm, I do pray uh, for you, and uh, I'm a failure like everybody else, and I forget sometimes to do what I ought to, but um, I do love you, and I do appreciate the opportunity, and anytime that I can help you or any of these guys can, can do anything, we'll, we'll be glad to do that. And so, um, I, again, thank you so much for the privilege. Um, Cody, thank you so much. He, when Cody asked me to do this, I said, hey, I got... It's the end of the year, it's Christmas, it's New Year's, it's family coming in. And so I'm the guy that needs, you know, months. Usually we have months, you know, to prepare. And so I need all that time because I kind of get worked up and, and nervous about it. And uh, I asked Brother uh, Curly and his, his wife this morning, what do I, how do I, how do I settle down? And uh, this Curly answered, I didn't even need to hear what you said, okay? <laughs> but every, everything that she told me was good, and, and Cody as well, and they kind of messed it together. said, the, ho the Holy Spirit of God lives in every single one of us, amen? And so he's speaking um, through me. And his word goes out, and so uh, in spite of what I, what I put together here, God's going to do what he's going to do. And so, um, so in May of 2020, a couple of graduation classes ago, I had the privilege of speaking at a high school graduation that was actually held right here in, in Iron City. And one of our own, I don't know if Ethan is in here this morning, I can't see very well, but Ethan Collins was, a, there you are, raise your hand, Ethan. Okay. Ethan Collins was a part of that, part of that class. Um, and I, I, was, I had the privilege of speaking at that, that graduation. So Ethan, you, your sister, your family, anybody else who was here that day, here's your opportunity to leave. Okay. So, um, but I'm taking some of what I said in that message uh, then. A lot of what, what I have to say is coming, coming out of that message. And so you're thinking, you may be thinking, what in the world does a message to a bunch of high school seniors, young kids, young people, heading out into this, you know, this big new world and these new experiences have to do with us today on January the 2nd, 22? Almost said January the 2nd, 33, because that's my mother's birthday. January 2nd, but January 2nd of 22. What, what in the world does a message like that have to do with us today? And so let me see if I can kind of help tie them together. And so in that message, I asked them, Ethan, you remember this? I asked the, do you remember it? You're lying, okay. I asked the graduates if, if any of them had experienced any of the following questions or statements in the year kind of leading up to their graduation. And, so, and this is going to be familiar probably to all of you, okay. What did you make on your ACT, right? What did you make on your ACT? Where are you going to college? Why aren't you going to college? Anybody say that one? Okay. Why did you choose that branch of the military? All the Army guys right now are going, okay, me and the Marines, where's, you know, Daniel's going, you know, okay. Why did you choose that branch of the military, okay? Here, here you go. You can't make any money doing that. Anybody? Okay. You will never find a job with that degree. Anybody said that one? Anybody hear that one? Okay. Are you really going to a liberal arts school? Okay. Here you go. You can, achieve any, you can achieve anything you want to with hard work and dedication. You can. You can do it all. And, and my personal favorite, 
just follow your heart. Okay? Anybody had that one? Just follow your heart. And so at the time of that message, I had already been through this whole scenario a couple of different times with my, my two oldest. And since that time, now my, my third, Mallory, um, I've gone through that again. Just got one more to go. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Uh, and, and so my oldest child, Morgan, he got so sick of the questions uh, because honestly, he really didn't know what he wanted to do that he came up, you know, with this most outlandish answer. So anybody, somebody, anytime someone would ask him, I remember sitting on a back deck of some good friends, and the grandmother said, Morgan, what are you going to do with your life, boy? And he just had his answer said, and he said, well, I'm going to be an underwater welder off the coast of Saudi Arabia. Okay? And I thought, man, what an outlandish answer. Until I realized, y'all know this is true? Okay, this is an actual occupation. There are actual underwater welders and so the first thing i started thinking is he's he's halfway serious about this okay and so what is my first thought i got to shut this down okay we'll go to jennifer let's get this straight let's shut this down let's control this boy's life and let's get this thing straight and tell him what he needs to do with his life anybody any any parents okay nobody's willing to raise their hand okay i'll do it okay let me tell you what you need to do boy let me let me control your life let me show you what you need to do here's the here's the problem with that i wanted to control what he wanted to do with his life parents anybody this message applies across the board you know that's just not something that we can do we've got to allow our children and other people to do what God is calling them to do whether we like it or not okay and so I got all worked up and worried and spent years of my life preparing and hoping my kids are going to go here and do that and make it and causing myself all kind of stress and lo and behold he tries college and hates it does horribly Gets out of it, becomes a mountain bike trail builder with his company. Then goes to lineman school, then gets a job as a lineman. And then he showed me how much he made when he was how much money he made when he was 23. Not that it's about money, okay? When he was 23, and I went, my goodness. Bought a house, it's doing fine. Boy, I had a lot of work. I, boy, I worked myself up, had a lot of stress about all that, and here he is, you know, doing fine. And then you know, thank you, Mary Kate. I just want to—I just want to thank Mary Kate right now for being traditional, okay, and actually being being a nurse and not causing me lots of grief and worry about what you're going to do. And then I got Mallory coming along. Thank you very much, Mallory. Wants to be an animator, okay? So cool. But have y'all checked out animation school tuition? Anybody? Okay. <laughs> Anybody? Okay. And so here we are. And again, you ask, you know, Alan, what in the world does all this have to do with January 2nd, 22 in a, in a new year? Well, just like all of those seniors who are entering a whole new world, so are all of us in 2022, okay? You wanted a New Year's resolution message, right? Amen? Okay? And so it's just the same, okay? Here we are, just like those seniors. Think about, think about the world that you live in right now. COVID. Now what? Omicron. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. We got COVID. Now, now Omicron, supply chain issues. By golly, you can't buy a car if you wanted to. If you want to, you can't find it and you got to order it. Okay? Supply chain issues. You can't get materials. Food. Anybody's grocery bill, $200, $300? I mean, preacher sure got all them kids. Okay? Expensive. Grocery bill. Through the roof. Okay? Name it. Keep going. Gas. Y'all got something? Give me, give me anything. What else? Okay. Racism. Immigration. The trafficking of children. Gender identity. 
on and on and on and on. We could go around the room. We could be here for hours, okay, of the world that we live in. And we've all had to change our thoughts and how we live and what, how we're going to react and what we're going to do, probably in a way that we never really thought about doing before. And then, and then, and then don't forget, you've got to throw in the middle of all that. You've got to have a New Year's resolution thrown in there, right? Okay, everybody's got one. Let's go around the room. We'll start over here. Okay, everybody, everybody's got one. Now, top 10, what are they? Number one, what do you think number one is? Okay. I'm going to lose weight, okay? I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to run a marathon. Anybody, anybody in? Okay. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to get organized. There it is, okay? I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to get out of debt and I'm going to save money. I'm going to save more money and, and on and on and on and on. So it's, it's all this stuff and all the, I mean, do you, does anybody else feel overwhelmed? Okay. Are you overwhelmed? Does it feel out of control? And isn't that really what we're talking about here is control? Go back to my situation with Morgan. I want, I want to control it. You want to control what's going to happen to you, and you really can't in, in this world that we're living in. Just, just like all those parents wanting to control what their kids are going to do, me included. And so I just want to tell you something this morning. This is what we're here to talk about. Just like I told those parents and those students. It's going to be okay. This is not health and wealth. This is not prosperity it's going to be okay i'm telling you it's going to be okay and we're going to get there and so whatever what i want everybody to do right now on january the second take a deep breath seriously take a deep breath did anybody take one okay just take a deep breath let's take a deep breath and think about this thing for a minute and i want to let you in on just a little bit of secret here god is not in heaven doing this God is not in heaven wringing his hands trying to figure out what am I going to do with all those people down there with their New Year's resolutions, right? How am I going to bring all that about? Okay, how are we going to get there? What am I going to do with their lives? What do I want them to do with their lives? He's not doing that. He's already told us. He's already made it quite clear what he wants every single one of us to do with our lives. We don't... Okay, it's okay to have New Year's resolutions. It's okay to want to lose weight. It's okay to do one of those, to want to do those things. But he's already made it quite clear what he really wants us to do with our life every day, 2022 or not. Listen to the final words of Jesus to his disciples. That's us. If you're a believer in Christ, you're a disciple. But listen to the final words of Jesus, his disciples, just before he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of God. You think this is important? Okay? The last thing maybe that he's going to say here on earth before he ascends into heaven to be with God. So it must be pretty important. This is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You probably know this is the Great Commission. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to deserve all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here's what God wants you to do with your life. Make disciples of Jesus. Amen? Make disciples of Jesus. We've got all of our New Year's resolutions and, he, uh, resolutions and he said right here he wants to make disciples. It's just that simple. The pressure is off. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher, a stay-at-home mom, a scientist, a doctor, an electrical lineman, or an underwater welder, people. It's inconsequential to what we're talking about. God wants you to make disciples of Jesus and make his name known. Amen? Amen. 
We get so caught up. I, I do it. I get so caught up in, in my doing the right things in my career. Do I have enough money saved for this? Am I going to get this kid through college? God told me to make disciples and make his name known. If I would just concentrate on that and spend my time there and, ca and camp out on that, am I saying all the rest of it is going to go the way I like it and plan it? I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's going to be so much easier for me to deal with and I'm going to be doing what God's called me to do. Period. And it takes all the pressure off. So it's that simple. And you can't make a mistake with what you're going to do next in 2022 if your primary goal is to follow God and make disciples of Jesus. You just, I mean, you can't mess it up. I mean, all the kids that I was talking to, you're getting ready to go in. Like, what do I do? What career? What path do I take? Be a disciple maker of Jesus. Whatever you're doing, whichever way you go, okay? And, and, and before we move on from this and kind of get into the meat of it, can we just stop for a minute and bathe in verse 18 and the second half of verse 20? Please, can we just do that? Because when, when we talk about the Great Commission, we're always looking on, on verse 19, right? Go, therefore, go out and make disciples, baptizing all of them. And think about all that list of all that crazy stuff that just made us anxious and worried and scared. And you go back to verse 18, li listen to verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. First of all, it says he came to them. You know what's happening here? He's already told them, go to this place after, after I've resurrected, and I'm going to come there, and I'm going to talk to you. And so he came to them, just like he comes to me and you, and he said, hey, hey, all authority in heaven and on where? Earth has been given to me. Most of my time is spent focused on where? Right here, right? Where's most of your time spent? Focused on right here, your circle, your significant other, your spouse, your children, your extended family. How are we going to make it? What are we going to do? Is everything going to be all right? It's focused here, and God spends the entire Bible talking about what? From beginning to end, eternity with God. And I spend all my time just sitting here focused on that. So don't miss verse 18, that he came to them and he said to them, I'm in charge, I'm the sovereign king of everything, on, on heaven and in earth, when we get messed, so worried about all of this. And then in the second half of 20, he says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How, how comforting is that? It, to me, it was just comforting to me. I'm reading through it, I'm focusing on the Great Commission, I'm going to come in here and tell you guys to go make disciples, and I just stopped and went, did you hear what God just said in 18 and 20? Verse 18 and verse 20. Now go back to that crazy list of things that got me all anxious and worried. I think about all the anxiousness with my kids and my family. and I look back and I just go, he came to me, he eased my fears by telling me that he's in charge of everything and that he's with me always. Always. Not just when it's really good, but when it's really hard. And really difficult and really bad in my eyes. The sovereign king of everything is right there with me. And so, how do we do this? I always hate it when somebody is teaching me or preaching to me or telling me something. They tell me all these good things. They don't give me anything ap real application that I can go out here tomorrow. Okay? Because everybody's going somewhere tomorrow, right? We're not all going to be hanging out right in here together where, where it feels good and Alan's up there. He's excited. Real world's going to hit you in the face tomorrow, is it not? Student, worker, mom, 
real world's coming. So how do we do this? How do we become disciple makers in this crazy new world of 2022? And so I had listened to a message prior to talking to the young people uh, of a renowned pastor, and he had used some, some scripture from Daniel. And he used the life of Daniel uh, about this very topic. So I kind of had, had my own thoughts and ideas in my mind and then listened to that and kind of meshed them together. So if you, if you want to know more about that, I'll be glad afterwards to, to give you guys the reference material and how to get there and all that. But So I kind of meshed that together and we used the book of Daniel. And so we're in, we're in Daniel. This is chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. If you would like to stand, uh, those who can stand, and uh, we'll read the Word of God. I, I don't know if it's going to be on the screen, okay? It's there on the screen or if you have your Word with you. So Kind of a kind of a historic chapter one is kind of a historic backdrop to the book of Daniel and what really happens in, in the book. A lot of chapters here, but we're going to hang out on one through eight and kind of jump into some other sections to kind of make just a few points here. And so, Daniel one one through eight. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels from the house of God. And he brought them to the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he placed the vessels in the treasury of his God. Then the king commanded Asphanaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, use without blemish, of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace, and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans, Babylonians." The king assigned them a daily portion of food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years, and at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. And the chief of the units gave them new names. Daniel he called Belteshazzar. Hananiah he called Shadrach. Mishael he called Meshach. And Azariah he called Abednego. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. Thank you. You can, you can be seated. So, Lots of crazy names in there. Belteshazzar meant the prince of Baal. If you've done any study or whatever, you know that was, that's not a name that you wanted to be known for. But the prince of Baal, the gods that they worshipped at that time. But Daniel meant... God is my judge. So his name was being changed for him. The language was being changed for him and his friends. The literature, their philosophies, everything, the way they thought, everything was being changed for them. So what's happening? Nebuchadnezzar's coming in. He, he's raided the city. He takes the choicest young people. He's programming their minds to kind of speak differently, to think differently, to act differently. And he even gives them completely different names. He's, he's trying to change their identities and, and mold them for, for his purposes away from God's purposes. In my notes, sound, from, sound familiar to, to 2022, anybody? Sound familiar to the world that we live in? Everything that's coming at you is trying to mold you and change everything about you and change everything that God is telling you is right and lead you in a different direction. What does he do? He takes the best of them because he was going to use them to influence all the others that had already come into captivity. Think about that. The best of them. We're sitting in this room. The best of us are sitting in this room. The believers of God, the, the, the Christians, the people who say we're into this book and we believe this thing. 
He's taking the best of them. He's trying to influence them. Why? It's a, it's a, he's not a dummy here. Nebuchadnezzar is a, a smart guy. So then that they can influence all the other people who have already been there. And now everybody's starting to follow the king and do what he wants to do. Again, sounds so familiar. We're thinking about headed into this 2022. And that's where we are. And what did Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, what, what they're facing here is the same battle that you're about to walk into. And you can rest assured, just like what's happening here, this is going to happen tomorrow when you walk into your workplace. Is it not? Student, worker, mom, whoever you are. A professor, a boss, a commander, somebody on television, some talk show person. Somebody is going to instruct you in a way that takes you where? Away from God. They're going to instruct you in a way that takes you away from God. And they're going to want to change your language and your literature, the way you think the way you go about things and how you come to, to truth decisions. And if they can take that away from you, then they've changed you. And then you're going to be used to change others. Not as a disciple maker, but away from God. Because I'm telling you, people are watching what you do. Okay. Period. They are. But when you say you're a Christian, you're a believer of God and you follow this book and a guy named Jesus I promise you they're watching you and they're looking at our actions they're looking at what we do and what is it that Daniel and his friends did they, they, they basically had three decisions that they made that are kind of critical in order to be a good disciple maker and the first thing that they do is Daniel decided that he's not going to enjoy the king's food and the king's wine and, the, and, and eat at the king's table he drew this is probably in your, an outline okay I don't know if those are passed out or not but he drew his line of resistance he, grew his, he drew his line of resistance by training his appetite. And so we think about our appetite is only trained for, you know, we talked about the weight loss and how, how we look, and, and we think it's kind of trained for that. But the appetites that we shape and the desires that we have, I mean, those appetites are shaping everything. They're shaping our desires. What you allow into your mind and in your heart is what you seek after, and you want more and more and more of. Is this the truth? Somebody say yes, okay? What you allow in here. And down to here is what you want more and more and more of and where you camp out. It's just, it's just the truth, okay? And so here's some questions for you. What kind of, what kind of books are we reading? What kind, of, what kind of movies and shows are we watching? I, I know I can tell you what most of us are watching on, the, on movies and shows. All I got to do is look at Facebook and look at Christians talk about how great some of these unbelievable shows are that are just the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, from, from a content standpoint, everything else. And I look at it and I go, no, 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 this is not what we promote. What kind of music? What are we listening to? Okay, listen, I told Jennifer, when I get up here, I'm, I'm talking to people I know mostly and people from my community, but I wonder, there's people going to be watching online and they're going to, they're going to watch this guy online. They're going, oh. One of them old school, one of them old school fat cat guys who thinks you can't read any books that you want to read that are fiction, and you can't watch any good movies, you can't listen to any good music. Listen, I like a little ACDC back in black, just like anybody else. Okay, anybody? Anybody? Got some AC? Thank you, Daniel. Okay. I got to play a little Van Halen every now and then. Some of our older crowds, you got, you got what you. I don't know those things, but you got, you got your stuff. Okay. Younger people, what it, you, you, got, you got some good stuff, okay? I might be a closet Justin Timberlake fan. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. 
Listen, this is not footloose here, people, okay? I'm not standing up here telling you that you can't enjoy these things, okay? But you've got to draw those lines of resistance for yourself. You know what they are. I know what mine are, okay? You know what's too far. I just know that when I let something inappropriate in here, boy, it's there. And then it goes right here. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'll watch something, and I'll look at it and go, man, I'm, I'm 52 years old. Not yet, 51. Am I 51, honey? 51. Thank you. I can watch this. I know this is not, I know that's, that's not my life. That's not what I do. That's not who I am. I can get by that. Well, next day, I'll, you, know what's, you know what's right here all day long? The next day, that stupid, inappropriate crud that I watch, which affects my actions. And all of a sudden, the person I've been married to for 29 years, I watched it. It was in my head. It was in my brain. All of a sudden, now here's somebody. Who am I hurting? Just me? Just my God? No, that person's sitting right back there. That's who I'm hurting now. It gets in here and it goes here. Again, you've got to draw what those lines are. Listen, what we have access to today can train our appetites in a way that in years to come could cost you in very, very, very serious ways. Your appetite's right now, very serious. When I was, when I was a young person, I allowed myself to kind of be influenced by the wrong people. I wanted to be cool. You know, I, wanted to be, I wanted to be hip. I wanted to be cool, and I wanted to be in the right crowd or whatever. And so because of that, I allowed myself to be influenced by things that are still a part of my life to this day that I still battle today. Language. I'm your elder standing up here telling you I'm, I'm, I, I'm a real man. Language. Anger. I'm not compassionate like I, sh like I should be at times. Based on patterns that I set in place when I was a young person 20 and 30 years ago, are, are, are you listening to what I'm telling you? Because I'm, I'm speaking to myself as well. That, that's exactly what's happening here in Daniel. He's trying to set patterns for them and pull them away from God and mold them into what he wants and form all these patterns. And what are they doing? They're saying, no, I've, I've got a line of resistance. That's the hardest word in the English language, is it not? No, think about it. When David looked at Bathsheba, he crossed over a boundary. He gave up his line of resistance. And, and what happened? All of Old Testament history was totally changed and different. Therefore, from there forward. And then, and then you have Joseph who looked at Potiphar's wife and his answer was different. I cannot do this to you and violate the law of God. Those are different responses. And so Daniel decided, I'm not going to enjoy the king's food and wine because if I do, I'll be spoiled. And once I get spoiled, what happens? I'm at the mercy of the king. Now we talk about a king here in, in 2022. There's a lot of kings. And once we become spoiled by it, that king's got us. And we're going to enjoy, we're going to start enjoying the food at that table. And he can do whatever he wants to with you. And we'll have time for it. But if you go and read the rest of Daniel 1, you're going to find out that God honored the resistance of these guys. And you read the rest of the story. And so they drew their lines of resistance. Secondly, they drew lines of dependence. What was this line of dependence? It was just his education, right? He was a real smart guy. His education and his, his knowledge. Because, we, boy, we, we are, are we caught up on education and knowledge, people? Boy, it's just everything, isn't it? 
We're so puffed up at times on our knowledge that we just forget to see people sitting right here that need to be just loved and, and they don't really care about my theology and my knowledge. And, and is that what he was dependent upon? No. Here, here's what he was dependent upon. He went to God in prayer. He went to God in prayer. Later in the story, if you read in Daniel 6, they have all these accusations against him. The only thing they can come up with, all of his detractors, because they're so mad that he's you know, in the king's favor, the only thing they can come up with against him is that this guy was a man of prayer. Because if you remember the story by God's providence, Daniel had found just great favor with the king, and all the other high officials just couldn't stand it. And so what they do? Convince the king to declare a, a decree that anybody who prayed to any god other than the king, the god, where did they end up? In a lion's den. Okay? So that's what they had against him, people, his, his prayer life. Okay? So we see him like clockwork three times a day, you know, going before the Lord and praying. They couldn't find anything morally wrong with this guy. What they wanted to use against him was his dependence on God. And this event has kind of been, I was thinking about this, this event has kind of been reduced to, to kind of like a fun story for kids about Daniel defeating a bunch of lions. I think about that. I think about the kids' stories and stuff, the way I've taught my kids over the years. And I'm like, hey, David, and Goliath and everything. And I'm like, do I tell him at the end that he kind of cuts the guy's head off and parades around with it? Do we tell him right here that, that, that Daniel, the reason that he's actually in his lion's den and he didn't do anything, that God did everything, okay, is the reason that he's actually in this lion's den is because he refused to not be in communion with God. He knew no matter what, no matter what the circumstances were, that he had to stay connected to God. And I, I hear so many people, me included, saying, you know, I, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what, don't know what direction to take. I think God just seems silent. I don't know where he is. It, and listen, are there dark periods? Yes. Yes. Does it mean God is not there? No. But most of the time for me, when, when I think that God is silent, is because I hadn't been talking to him. I haven't been spending any time with him. And this is where he speaks to us. This is where we see God the most when we're reading his word. This is holding this up, but we, this book that we say we love, when we're reading this book and spending time with God, just like in any other relationship, your spouse, your significant other, your family, when you're spending time with them because, because you love them and it becomes this love relationship. And people are saying, I don't, I don't hear him, and I think it's maybe we're not spending the the time that we need to spend with him. And here, here's a New Year's challenge for all of us. Let's just make up our mind that every day we're going to begin with God. Amen. How about that? Not a checklist, people. I hate those. I hate it when somebody gives me the checklist and says, Alan, you'll be a good Christian if, you just, if you'll do this one and you'll read that one and you'll spend this time and you'll do your little check mark. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a love relationship with God where the first thing that I do is I spend time with him. Hey, everybody's got one of these, right? I bet everybody's got one in here right now. Hold it. Up. Get, get your phone. Everybody get your phone. I'm serious. I get you to take a breath, and I'm going to get you to pick up your phone. Who's got one? Preacher, you left yours in the car. I'm impressed. Thank you. Dang. A preacher. Everybody's got one, okay? Every single one of us got some kind of smartphone, maybe, and it's got apps on it. Open up your, open up your phone. Look at all your apps right quick, okay? Which, which ones have you got in the prime position? Because there's prime. Don't tell me there's not prime positions. And you don't have these things organized. You moved them all around. You got them in the right spot. So when, you, when you're holding your phone, you got that thumb, where's it go? Oh, hey, Sharon's being honest over there. Okay. 
What's got prime position? ESPN, Fox News, CNN News. Hey, I'm going to show you how hip I am. TikTok. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, YouTube, Netflix. Hey, I bet everybody in here has got Amazon Prime right there, baby. Huh? What stuff comes to the house all day long, does it not? Your regular household, everyday goods coming to the house. Amazon Prime. Think, think about all the times and hours that we spend on things that really have no significance in eternity. Cody was talking about it this morning. I'm, I'm talking about me. The hours, the hours that I spend on things that have no significance in eternity, in the entire theme of what God said in the Bible about spending eternity with Him, it's like a puff of air. It's like a mist that I'm on this earth that I'm so worked up about in 2022. It's like this, and I spend so much time. How about how about if the prime position was like a, an easy devotional app? I mean. You pick anything you want to. There's tons of good material. First thing you do when you pick up your phone, your finger's there, and in three minutes you've, worked, you've read the Word of God, and He's spoken to you. I'm not saying you've got to spend hours there, but you'll get there, I promise you. You won't be able to do anything else. And so it was important to Daniel to commune with God on a regular basis, and he, it was so important to him, y'all, that he was w willing to risk his life for it. He literally risked his life to commune with God, to pray. We just got to spend time, more time on our knees. I, I do. And so, so he drew a line of resistance, and then he drew a line of dependence on God. And then lastly, he drew his line of confidence. He didn't care what was ultimately going to happen to him. He really didn't. Okay? If, as you look through the entire theme of the book, whether... Whether they kill me or not, whether God delivers me or not, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm not going to bow to a false guard. I'm not going to do it. And if you recall, his friends, you know, as, as if you grew up in the area that I did with the little ones, who were they called? Shaq, Rack, and Benny. No veggie tail people in here? Shaq, Rack, and Benny. Shad, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego also drew some lines of confidence. They refused to bow into worship. Nebuchadnezzar's golden image, if you remember the story, with it, and, or they'd be thrown into the, to the fiery furnace. But listen to their answer. Listen to their answer when they're threatened with this prospect. This is Daniel 3.18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, comma, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. But if not, comma, these are some beautiful words. But if not, be it known to you, 2022, all of those things in that list, be it known to you, I will not bow to a false god because there's one true king. Amen. Where does our confidence lie when things don't go our way? 
Man, I, I, again, I'm preaching to me here this morning. Where, where does Alan's confidence lie when things don't go his way? Because it would be so much easier for me to stand up here and just preach prosperity to you and tell you if you have enough faith, man, everything's just going to work out good. Because that's what's being said throughout most of the world. But that's just not the truth. And part of being a disciple maker is teaching people the truth about who God is. Amen? This is not a popular teaching, but God will require God will require of us, of you, things that are not easy. He will ask you, he will ask us to do things that are hard and that will knock the wind out of you. Have you been there? He will. And it's not a, it's not a popular teaching. We're not going to look at it and say, God, oh, God would never do this. And God would, have you read the Bible, people? And what he allowed and what he did through folks and to folks throughout history? It's not a popular teaching. But know this. He is the sovereign king of everything. Everything. Not the good stuff that's happening in your life. The bad stuff. Everything that is happening, he is the sovereign king of. And he's always working, whether we see it or not. To bring about what's best for us in eternity. For our eternal good. He just is. And there's, there's no doubt in my mind that God allowed me. I'm just telling you, there's no doubt in my mind. I was depressed and on the mat for two years because God decided it. Not a popular teaching. He allowed me to be on my face for two years in a depressed state. And I hated every minute of it. But it actually helped me to see people. Listen, I was the guy. Listen, I was the guy who looked at people who were depressed or sad or down or things weren't going their way or they were really clinically depressed and said, hey, hey, snap out of it. Come on now. Jesus is king. Praise God. He can do anything. He can take over anything. He can. He can. I was a guy who would look at you and say, snap out of it. Counseling? Medication? What? Who would ever even consider something like that when we have God? Except that he made people with really big brains who are really smart to really help me with, with the counseling, or maybe he helped you with medication, I don't know. But that was that guy, I didn't see anybody. I was an unsympathetic, judgmental jerk, is basically who I was. But for two years, I was on the mat. I was on the mat. I didn't think I'd get up off the mat. <clears throat> And maybe God will allow you to get up off the mat. Maybe he won't for the time on this earth. But he's doing something in it, I promise you. Because what he did is he made me see people. Am I perfect at it? No. Am I still judgmental at times? Absolutely. But I, I see people a lot better. I look at somebody now and I go, I don't, I don't know this guy. I don't know her. I, I don't... She, man, they could be, what are they dealing with? I'm not much, we're not much different, me and that person. We're really not. The only difference between me and, me and them might be that I know who the king of everything is and they don't. That's it. And so to be a disciple maker, my objective would be to look at that person and go, hey, I get it. Man, we got to get off of this theological, intellectual, 
high horse and we got to see people and say, I get it, I understand, it's hard, it's difficult, what you got is hard. Me too, but here's the difference. I got a guy who's the king of everything, the sovereign king of everything, who loves me. And so I see people now, and so to wrap this thing up, you know what the result of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego's obedience to God was? And I never really camped out on this, but three monarchs in a row after that saw that obedience. You know what? They gave their lives to God, and they served, they served God. Think about that. Kings of those days who saw that obedience and ended up serving God. And so they ended up being disciple makers. And just like them, just like those guys, we can be used by God to help people become a disciple of Jesus. So here's my challenge to you. This is my challenge. This is what I'm wrapping up with. A challenge to all of us. Whatever you end up doing in 2022, whatever it is, go make disciples of Jesus. Make his name known. It's why we were born and put on this earth, not all the other stuff that we're so worried about. We were put on this earth to make his name known and to make disciples of Jesus. So draw those lines of resistance, draw the lines of dependence, draw the lines of confidence in God. Let's pray. Thank you for watching or listening to one of our sermons. We would love to have the opportunity to connect with you one-on-one. We are not a perfect church, but we are a joyful church, and we want to help you increase your joy in Christ. We would love for you to come and worship with us one day soon. You'll be able to find information about our worship services, about who we are, what we believe, what we do, and what we're hoping to accomplish on our website at ironcity.org. And we would invite you to go and to check out all the information there. We look forward to seeing you soon.